hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Matthew 7 24. Welcome to Jesus.com podcast, KOFC Kadosh. What a beautiful name it is, the name of Jesus Christ. May your troubles show
Pastor of this dynamic service, Pastor Kwesi Abeidu. Amen. Oh, you're not excited. <laughs> me myself, I'm sad, so you have to encourage me myself. <laughs> Amen. All right, it's our church. Amen. And uh, I pray that God will use my mouth as he would his mouth. Amen. All right. I've been sharing with you from our, our presiding bishop's book, um, The Art of Following. The Art of Following. How many of you have been blessed so far? How many of you are following? Are you sure? What are you following? <laughs> And I told you that in Matthew 4.18, the Bible says that and Jesus, passing by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brethren, Simon, which is called Peter, and Andrew, his brethren, casting their nets, for they were fishes. And the Bible says in verse 19, he said unto them, follow me, and I will make you fishes of men. Amen. So the Bible says that one of the ways Jesus discipled people was by asking them to follow him. And I told you that when Jesus wants you to follow him, he actually has a plan for your life. So that following that you are following him is actually leading you to a good place. Amen. And so those simple instructions, follow me. It looks very simple, unassuming. But by following those instructions, it's taking you to a very good destination. Amen. And I told you that, for instance, when I went to school, when I went to university, I was in class with some other people. And we had lecturers who would come and teach us. Now, all they were doing for us was that they were showing us how to become architects. If we were going to become architects, it was going to be dependent on how we take the instructions that they gave us. 
So when they come, they tell us. I remember first year we had to do lettering. We had to write. A, B, C, D. You think that we are in class one. We are learning. So almost every architect, well, to a very large extent, our handwriting is nice. When an architect writes, you can tell that. We are not like doctors. That it's like when they write their prescription, nobody can see. <laughs> but we will actually learn how to write. So, for instance, the baptismal certificates, I'm usually asked to write on them because my handwriting is nice. Is that okay? And I remember when I was in school, um, you know, well, my handwriting has been, always been nice. <laughs> when we were in primary school, you know, we used to cover our books with brown paper. Then somebody has to write on it. Then people will form a queue. <laughs> if you make a ball, I'll write again. <laughs> Amen. But all those sets of instructions as they kept teaching us and as we kept following, after six years, I realized that I'd become an architect just by following what they ask us to do. Amen. Amen. And so I realized that it is very important to have somebody, number one, that you are following and for you to actually follow. Because some of us have people that we are following, but we are not following them. Amen. And then we learn from Hebrews chapter 6 verse 12. The Bible says that, And be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Hallelujah. So here the Bible says that there are things that stand between our, our being able to follow. It says, be not slothful. In other words, when you are slothful, you cannot follow. And we learned what that word slothful means. I told you that that word slothful comes from the word sloth. And the word sloth is an animal. An animal. <laughs> How many of you remember the animal called sloth? <laughs> and we learned... <laughs> And we learned a few characteristics about this animal, this animal called sloth. Amen. And <laughs> he has a smiley face. <laughs> That's brass sloth over there. <laughs> brass sloth. Anyway, so we learned a lot about sloth. And I told you that. If we are going to be followers, we cannot be followers by being slothful. Amen. Amen. Then I told you last week that this particular scripture, it says that, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. It says, followers of them. It means that there are certain people that we can afford to follow. Amen. And last week, we started looking at one of the people that I believe is worthy of following. How many of you remember? So we looked at Abraham. Abraham. The man called Abraham. Why did we look at Abraham? Because Abraham was a very blessed man. Abraham was somebody that God himself called and said, I'm going to bless you 
He said, I will make of thee a great nation. Genesis 12, 2. And I will make thy name great. And thou shalt be a blessing. So the first thing God told Abraham was that, I'm going to make you great. May God make you great. I said, may God make you great. May you be great in your school. You know, one day I came for a service. And Bishop Dark Heward Mills was preaching. It was a more than you can carry conversion. And he said, people will salute you. People will salute I said, I receive it. You see, when you are sitting in a service and blessings are being proclaimed, you don't know what is coming your way. And I remember, he said, people will salute you. I couldn't relate with it because I was a student. But you know what happened the following time? I became head boy in my school. And in infantipim, the school, if you are head boy, you can ask Fafa. All we have to do is stand. Anybody that passes will salute you. <laughs> so when you are going to have assembly and I'm standing there and the students are passing, I just get the salute. And I remember I said, wow. He said, people will salute you. People will salute you. People will salute you. <laughs> Up till now, Till now, anywhere I go, sometimes when, when when I'm at the mall and somebody comes, oh Charlie, I know that he's a he's a mover. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't go away. People will salute you. Yeah. Yeah. People will salute you. <laughs> so God told Abraham, He said, "I will make of thee a great nation," and I told you that blessings come by proclamation. Words. He said, I'm going to make you a great person. You will be great in your class. Then he said to Abraham, he said, I will make thy name great. And I told you last week that having a great name is one of the highest blessings that you can have. Because the Bible says that a good name is rather to be chosen than great riches. A good name is rather to be chosen than great riches. Proverbs 22.1. In other words, you can actually choose to have a good name. And I told you that what competes with a good name is money. (laughs) Money. When they put an iPhone down and they put a good name down, my sister, choose a good name. Choose a good name. When they put dollars and a good name, my brother, choose a good name. Because the Bible says that a good name is rather to be chosen than great riches. And Abraham, God promised him a good name. He said, I'm going to give you a good name. Amen. Then he said also that he was going to bless him so that he would be a blessing. And I told you that it's a blessing to be a blessing. It's, it's a blessing to be a blessing. Yeah. <laughs> it's a blessing to be a blessing. You are not blessed until you become a blessing. You are not blessed until you become a blessing. I'm believing God to get to a point where I can dash people's houses. Amen. <laughs> Don't receive it. Pray that you'll be blessed to also dash houses. <laughs> You see, we like, we like, we like, but give. <laughs> the Bible says that it's more blessed to give 
than to receive. It's more blessed. So when God was blessing Abraham, he said, I will bless you so that you will be a blessing. It's good to read your Bible, but it's better to be able to read your Bible and help somebody else who doesn't know how to read his Bible to read his Bible. <laughs> Amen. It's good to have money in your pocket that you can buy your lunch. But it's a bigger blessing that you can give people money to also enjoy some lunch. May you be blessed to be a blessing. Because sometimes all your prayers that God, I want to understand the subject. But you are moving from understanding the subject to teaching other people. It's a good place to put your hands together. Blessed to be a blessing. Amen. And I told you, God told Abraham, he said, I will bless them that bless you and curse him that cursed thee. And in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. So I told you that you must be very careful when you are dealing with people who are blessed because the kind of blessing that was on Abraham, God said, Anybody that blesses you is blessed. Anybody that curses you is cursed. That's the dangerous part. Yeah. And I know, I know, I know blessed people. I know blessed people. Somebody like prophet, he's a blessed man. Yes. Blessed. Bishop Dagwood Mills, blessed man. So anytime there's an opportunity to be a blessing to these people, I... Because of this scripture, anybody that blesses a blessed man is blessed. And anybody that curses a cursed man is cursed. I, when I see an opportunity to be a blessing to a blessed man, I don't take it lightly. Amen? Amen. So when we are here, prophet's birthday, it's an opportunity for you to be blessed. But some of you sit there and say, oh, no. Oh. Every time we are given to the man of God, every time we are given to the man of God, uh, can't they see that we are also hungry? <laughs> you see, that grumbling that you are grumbling is increasing the curse over your life. Yeah. You see, spiritual things they are very different from, from, from natural things. Yeah, that's what the Bible says that the carnal man cannot receive. From the things of God. Because they are foolishness to him. Yeah. It's like in the world. They say seeing is believing. Have you heard that statement before? Yes. yes. Seeing is believing. In Christianity, believing is seeing. <laughs> yes. If you cannot believe, you cannot see. <laughs> yeah. So if you bring your carnal mind to the church... You see that you cannot benefit from the church. Yeah. In the world, if you want more, you hoard it. One plus one is two. Two plus two is four. So the more you want, the more you keep. If you have ten and you keep it and you add another ten to it, it becomes twenty. In God, no. The more you give, the more you receive. He that soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. He that soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Yeah. <laughs> it's not one plus one. 
So if you come and sit in the church with this, your mind, your, your academic, intellectual mind, you see that you are intelligent, but you are not benefiting. Amen. Amen. So God said that I'm blessing Abraham. You'll be a blessing. But his instruction to him was that you need to move. But the Bible says that Abraham moved. He departed. Amen. Amen. Now I said to you that the reason why we are following Abraham is primarily for one thing that Abraham is known for. His obedience. His obedience. When God appeared to Abraham, he said, leave your country. Leave your kindred. Leave your father's house to where? A land that I'm now coming to show you. But we read in Hebrews 11.8 that Abraham was actually able to obey because of faith. So he says, by faith, Abraham, when he was asked to go out to a place where he shall inherit, the Bible says that even though he didn't know where he was going, he obeyed, not knowing whether he went. He obeyed fully. Amen. Amen. Now, Abraham was able to obey not because he saw something, but because he had faith. And I told you last week that one of the things that make um, obedience easy is faith. But faith itself is not an easy thing. (laughs) Having faith is not an easy thing. And what amazes me is that somebody like Abraham, what we read last week was actually one of the, 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 first, the first time that God had actually appeared to him and given him a set of instructions. When you read further after Genesis 12, you go further on. Abraham was promised a son called Isaac. Eventually, he had the son. Isaac was born. I mean, Isaac took a long time to come. So in between, Abraham made some mistakes. <laughs> tried to sort himself. You know, sometimes we try to help God. It's like when God is delaying. We try to help God. It's like, God, you are too slow. <laughs> you are too slow. Abraham thought he was too slow. God was too slow. So Sarah brought a suggestion. She said, look, just, just, just go ahead and do what you need to do. I'm, I'm not going to give you a child anyway. But eventually, Isaac was born. Then God told Abraham again that I want your son, Isaac. I want you to go and sacrifice Isaac. Look, many of you are not fathers or mothers yet, so you may not understand. It's not an easy thing to go and sacrifice your son. Hey. And it's not like maybe you have five, so you are sacrificing the stubborn one. (laughs) Now now it may be easy. (laughs) Because maybe there's someone that is always worrying you. (laughs) 
Oh, our father is coming. If we should have made noise so that he comes. <laughs> So where were we? Sacrificing the stubborn one. <laughs> yeah. So God required from Abraham, Isaac. When we read Genesis, um, I think 24 or 22. Genesis 22, I think. Genesis 22. Can they help me? I can't remember. Yeah. He said, take now thy son, thine only son, Isaac, whom thou lovest. God was so specific. Take now thy son, thy only son, Isaac. He mentioned the name. Whom thou lovest. (laughs) Take now this boy, your only boyfriend, Jojo, whom thou lovest. <laughs> Take now thy only friend, Matilda, <laughs> whom thou lovest. Yeah. I mean, how specific can God be? God told Abraham, he said, take now thy son, thy only son, Isaac, whom thou lovest. He said, then go to the land of Moriah and offer him as a burnt offering on a mountain that I will show you. Amen. And the Bible says that Abraham saddled his ass, took two of his young men, he rose up early in the morning, saddled his ass, took two of his young men and his son Isaac. And then he went. You know, one of the things about Abraham was that when God instructed him, he did not just obey. He obeyed very early. He obeyed immediately. As soon as God speaks, when you read this verse, he says that, and he rose up early in the morning. He didn't want to waste time. Immediately God spoke. He said, look, I got to do it. You know, every time God speaks, there's an expiry date to those sets of instructions. Yes. Every time God speaks to you, there's an expiry date. You will think that, oh, it's forever and ever. It's not true. Every time God speaks and you are supposed to obey, there's an expiry date. Because every set of instruction has an expiry date. Every set of instruction has an expiry date. A day will come and nobody will beg you to come and do something in the church. You won't believe what I'm telling you. You will want to do something, but nobody will choose you. It's true. It's like when you're a lady and you are in your mid 
flower of your youth. Is it, it's easy to feel that people will always like you. <laughs> it's very easy. <laughs> it's very easy to think that, oh, people will always be texting you. <laughs> A day will come, you will pick your phone at 4 p.m. You see that no text message. Every instruction has an expiry date. Every instruction has an expiry date. Every single instruction has an expiry date. I remember when I was going to get married, my pastor told me, don't sleep with your beloved. It was instructions. It had an expiry date. As soon as I married, my pastor said, I hope you have been sleeping with your wife. <laughs> yeah. One instance, don't. The next instance, do. <laughs> but the Bible says that Abraham obeyed. Abraham obeyed. You know, as soon as Abraham was about to strike Isaac on that altar, and the angel of the Lord spoke. He said something. He said, now I know that thou fearest God. He said, now I know that you fear God. When we obey God, that is how God interprets it. God interprets your obedience to him. As your fear, the fear that you have for him. The fear that you have for him. He said, you are able to obey me because you fear me. Do you know why many of you can't obey God? You don't fear God. You don't fear God. If you fear God, you'll find it easy to obey him. It's true. It's true. And when you read through the Bible, the whole Old Testament is actually about the fear of God. And then when you come to the New Testament, it's about the grace of God. But what I realize is that if you don't even understand the fear of God, you will not even appreciate the, the grace of God. You will not appreciate the grace. It's like my children. I don't cane them often. <laughs> but I cane them. Yes. Because the Bible says we should drive foolishness out of a child by the rod. So it's also a scripture that I apply. So my children know that. And when I'm caning my children, it's a very serious matter. It's not a joke. It's not like I'm just tapping their butt. No, 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 no. First of all, I will explain to you why I'm coming to cane you. <laughs> and I'll tell you how many lashes you are collecting. You see, by the time I finish talking to you, the fear alone... <laughs> alone. <laughs> and when I finish, I will do it. There's no time I've told my child that I'm going to lash you and I won't do it. I do it. <laughs> so when those words come out of my mouth, there is fear in the house. <laughs> yeah. And because of that fear and what they go through when I came them, the next time I call them, 
and they don't know what is going to happen. And I said, I was going to cane you, but today I'm just going to allow you to go. The joy I see on their face. You see, they appreciate the grace of God because they understand the fear of God. <laughs> but when you have a child that the parents don't cane, you say, if you don't, I'll beat you. Yeah, if you don't, they'll be misbehaving, misbehaving. If you don't, I'll beat you. And see, what happens with a child like that is that they don't know the fear of God. So they keep riding on that grace. Oh, daddy won't beat me. Daddy won't beat me. Before they realize, they become some useless children. And that is what happens in the church. When the church does not understand the fear of God, but they ride on the grace of God, it becomes something else that you can't even look at us. You can never obey God if you don't fear God. You can't. Yeah. <laughs> Is it the love of God, the grace of God? Look, what fear will make you do? My wife sometimes tells me, Chrissy, can you please take the remote for me? And the remote is just about seven steps. I say, Charlie, I'm tired. Take the remote. I love my wife very much. It's not enough to get me to, but let an arm robber appear in my house and remove a gun. <laughs> Whether I'm feeling sleeping or not, I wake up. I say, hey, please. <laughs> that fear of the gun will make me move. <laughs> yeah. You know why you can't run away from that boy's house? <laughs> you are riding on love. <laughs> when the fear of God enters your heart, you will run away. Yeah. You run away. Yeah. As soon as Abraham did that, God said, Hey, I can see that you fear me. I can see that you fear me. Look. Let me, let me give you one key on how to develop the fear of God. You know, fear comes by knowledge. Fear, it comes by knowledge. If I bring a drink here, I'm holding a drink, and I say, come and have a sip, you come. For instance, give me your bottle. Yeah. Beautiful bottle like this. I say, Mesha, come and have a sip. Just a sip. All right. Just a sip. Just sip a little. Too powerful. Yeah, sipped. Yeah. Don't worry, it won't come back to you. <laughs> he just sipped a little of the water. Now, if I say that there is some acid. <laughs> there is some acid in this water. As soon as you drink it, within three seconds, your intestines will be funeralized. <laughs> Look, you see, it's the same bottle with the same drink. Same bottle, same drink. But I just gave you knowledge about the content of the bottle. I said, this drink, if you drink it, if I, your tongue will melt even before the, the liquid gets inside your intestines. And by the time it drops in your intestines, you are gone. Within five seconds, you are a dead man. Just take a sip for me. You say, the lie. <laughs> me, 
take your bottle. I'll say, oh, I'll give you just $10,000. Just sip small for me. You won't drink it. Do you know why now the same bottle, you are not drinking it? You have received knowledge. The reason why many of you don't fear God is that you don't know God. <laughs> you don't know God. You don't know God. My children, they know me. <laughs> They know me. Hey, when I call you to my bedroom, they know me. So sometimes when there are people around and I say, could you stop it? It's just a simple stop it. Immediately he sits down. Because you see people around, you can take, take it for granted that people are around. Oh. But he knows that when the people go, it's just me and him. <laughs> God says stop it and you are not stopping it you are still jamming around you don't know God <laughs> you don't know God <laughs> when you know God then God says stop it you will stop <laughs> you will stop because you know what God can do to you yeah, you will stop it <laughs> that's what the Bible says that any man that sleeps or has adultery with a woman lacks understanding I mean, anytime I read that scripture, it reminds me of this. It says you lack a certain understanding. He said the day that knowledge comes, you, you, won't, you, won't, you won't even feel like removing your belt. You won't feel like it. it, it that thing won't rise. God, you find it difficult. You see, it's not only in the negative, even in the positive. You don't know how great God is, how good God is, what God can do for you. You don't know. And because you don't know, you can't trust him. You can't obey him. You can't obey him. You can't obey him. What you know is what your grandmother said, what your sister said, what your friend said. First, Charlie, if you are hot in the exam room, you just turn your back. I will give you the answer. And you are holding on to your friend's idea to pass your exams. But you don't know God. You don't know that God has a pen. You don't know that he said, I will write your name in the book of life. You don't know that he said, I can blot out your name from the book of life. I mean that God has a pen. God has an eraser. You don't have to worry about that exam that you couldn't finish. God can finish that paper for you. <laughs> yes, but you, see, you don't know God. You don't know him. You don't know him. You made a mistake. He has an eraser. <laughs> he can blot out that mistake. You, see, right. you don't believe it because you don't know God. <laughs> you don't believe it because you don't know God. When you know God, you will obey him easily. You will obey him easily. Sometimes I tell my children, I say, stand there. Jump! Hey, sometimes they, I'm even afraid. They'll just go back like that and they'll jump. I say, daddy will catch me. Hey! 
they would jump like that, and I have to catch them, and I will catch them. And because every time I've caught them, now they are even jumping higher <laughs> because they know that daddy will catch them. Imagine that one day they jump, and I'm not able to catch them. The next time I come and I say jump, they say, no, daddy, it's okay. <laughs> Knowledge helps you, to, helps you to fear God. Without knowledge, you can't fear God. And without the fear of God, you cannot obey God. You can't. You can't. You would think your idea is better. You would definitely think your idea is better. Because, look at the situation I said. That is why it's important to read your Bible. Read your Bible for yourself. Read your Bible. Many Christians don't read their Bibles. A lot of Christians don't read their Bibles. Every other thing by reading their Bibles. You can watch series easily. Three hours non-stop. Then when you are tired and you are feeling sleepy, then you use the sleeping tablets of your Bible. To put yourself to sleep. You say, child, I'm not feeling sleepy. They just open to Leviticus. <laughs> Within five seconds, you are gone. Church of God, let's, let's, let's become deep. Let's read. You look, the more you read your Bible, the more you find it easy to obey God. Yes. The more you find it easy to obey God. But you are spending time with your friends. They are influencing you. Recently, I was talking to a lady. She said, Pastor, my friends, everybody has a sugar daddy. They've introduced me to one. He said, Pastor, you, you, I'm, I'm from a poor background. I said, it's true. It's true. You see, her friends know is that when you are broke and you need money, get a sugar daddy. But the day you open your Bible and you see, but my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. You will see that you don't need a sugar daddy. You will see that you don't need a sugar daddy. You are not the first poor person in the world, though. No, 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 no. You are not the first poor person who is a Christian. Yeah. You are not the first poor person who is a Christian. Open your Bible and find the right scriptures. You will see that, look, the things that are impossible with men, they are possible with God. Yeah. Everybody is doing this, but you will still be able to say, me, I will do this. Put your hands together, stand to your feet, let's bring my to time is up. I just want you to pray this afternoon. Pray that the Holy Spirit will help you to know him. The Bible says that they that know they are God, they shall walk strong and they shall do exploits. 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 Abraham knew 
that when Sarah's womb was dead, God was able to give them a child. And so he knew that if that same God was requiring from him his son, he was more than able. What do you know about God? What do you know about God? That is what will determine how much you decide to go with him. I just want us to pray for a desire for God's word. The Bible says in 1 Peter 2, 2, as newborn babies, desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow them. Some of us are still babies after two years of being in God's house. But pray for a desire for the word. Desire for that milk so that you grow, grow, you grow, you grow. Shekari andolobosa talabakari andalababa. Mosa tiria kiri andoliba santalabakari andalababa. Reba tola sekari andoliba kiri andolaba santalababa. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Maybe you are here this afternoon. You don't know Jesus as your Lord and your personal Savior. You are not born again. If you were to die this very moment, you are not sure where you will go. But you want to say, Pastor, I want to give my heart to Jesus. I don't want to go to hell when I die. I want to go to heaven. You are here like that. Every head bowed, every eye closed. You want to lift up your right hand and I'll pray with you. Lift up your right hand. Lift it up high. And I'll pray with you. You want to give your heart to Jesus. You want your name to be written in the book of life. Lift up your right hand and I'll pray with you. God bless you. I can see your hand. God bless you. Lift it up high and we'll pray together. Lift it up. God bless you. You mean business with Jesus. Father, I don't want to die and go to hell. I want to make a U-turn. God bless you. If you have lifted up your hand, do one more thing for me. Come to me in the front. Come. Don't put your hand down. Come. 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 Don't let the devil make you stay where you are standing. Come. Come from your seat to the front. Come all the way to the front. Come to Jesus. I don't know you, but today I ask you 
to forgive me of all my sins. Wash me with your precious blood. Come and live in my heart. Be the Lord and Master of my life. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me and for writing my name in the book of life. From today, I will serve you and I will follow you all the days of my life as you helped me to. In Jesus' mighty name. In the name of Jesus, I pray for all these ones. Help them to follow you. May none of them fall by the side of the road. Let them follow you all the days of their lives. I pray for a spiritual hunger to be birthed in their hearts. May they have a strong desire for the things of God, for your word and your house. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thank you for listening. It was great having you. You're invited to fellowship with us at the Kadosh Morning Star Cathedral, Sakumono, upstate the regional Maritime University, off the Tema Beach Road. You can send a text via WhatsApp to 0546 125491 or 0548 961 323 for other messages. Follow us on social media, Jesus.com Kadosh on Facebook and Jesus underscore.com underscore Kadosh on Instagram. Be a doer of the word and not a hearer only. See you this Sunday at 1 p.m. Stay connected.